This episode is brought to you by 9AM Health. 9AM Health, diabetes care that fits your life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. You know me, Taylor Danielle. And if you don't, welcome. I hope that you enjoy. And today's episode, I really want to talk about a subject that is about diabetics, but that it's not. Listen, y'all, I get that many people are confused and misunderstood about potentially developing diabetes and the risk of having elevated glucose levels on a regular basis. And a lot of people think that only diabetics are the ones that need to worry about that. And the truth is, everybody's different. Everybody reacts differently. One person can sit and eat a tub of ice cream and it doesn't do anything. And another person could also be a non-diabetic and do the same thing. And suddenly their blood sugars get crazy for a slight moment. But if you're not a diabetic, why bother? Well, the truth is managing your blood sugars can actually play a huge role in your day to day. And you might not even realize how much it's already affecting you. There's a couple examples that comes to mind, but we'll get into that in a second. But I think that in order to prevent, because at the end of the day, anybody can develop diabetes. And so taking measures to understand some of the core things that diabetics have to do and potentially implementing a few of those things yourself can help you in not only managing your blood sugar, but recognizing how much it actually does affect your day. Let's do it. Perfect. You're listening to Healing in Hindsight, your no BS source for thriving with diabetes. What's up, guys? I'm Taylor Danielle, and it's my goal to help millennial diabetics like myself live an amazing life without your diagnosis getting in the way. I get it. I was diagnosed back in 2015 with type 2 diabetes, and it was really hard to find people around my age to understand how to travel, socialize, or even have meaningful relationships. But I feel like with a focus on mindset, perspective, and nutrition, together we can take back our health and our lives. Consider this the red table talk, but for diabetics. E minus the entanglement, so. So let's do it. All right, I think in order to start this conversation, we should probably start with some pretty simple basics. What is blood sugar? Okay, you hear about it all the time. I'm sure you've heard it all throughout the show, but maybe you haven't really take the time to understand what exactly that is. And well, blood sugar also means glucose and it's the main food that can be found in your blood, thus blood sugar. It comes from the food that you eat and it is your body's main source of energy. And so your blood carries the glucose to all of the different parts of your body in order for you to have the energy that you need. I referenced this show earlier in the season. I think it's another point to reference it, but the anime Cells at Work on Netflix, both in English and the original a Japanese language, does a great 
depiction of what it is. Now, they don't focus on diabetes itself. I really, really hope that they do, but they do show clips of all of the little blood cells stopping at these glucose vending machines. And they're usually like, they look like cinnamon buns to me. And they're eating that and that's fueling them to take that out and make sure that the cells have what they need. The other thing that you see them doing is they're constantly carrying something and they're delivering stuff to the different body cells. That's what happens. And so diabetics are experiencing something where there's too much. Diabetes is where your blood sugar levels are too high, meaning you're not burning or utilizing all of that energy in your system. And that could be through a couple of reasons. You need insulin in order to deliver that energy into your different body cells. But sometimes, either for those who are insulin dependent, your body just doesn't make them. And there is a lot of discussion and information about how your body is attacking the beta cells that create insulin, thus requiring the need to manually receive it through an injection, a pump, whatever. But then you also have those who are like myself, where it's not that your body isn't producing insulin. In fact, it might be overproducing insulin to try to keep up with the high blood sugar demand. But because there's so much in your system, your body stops recognizing it and won't accept it anymore. And so you have all of this elevated blood sugar in your stream because the insulin can't do its job of getting the energy to the blood cells or excuse me, to the other cells in your body that needs it. So that's how you get high blood sugars. Now, why does that matter? Well, over time, high blood sugar levels can damage the blood vessels. If they can't use the energy and it's not going anywhere, it just kind of starts falling apart in your system. And your blood vessels are, I last I checked, pretty important. And when you don't have anything to combat that and your blood vessels start deteriorating, that's why you hear about all these different symptoms that deal with your nerves, like your eyes, feeling stuff in your fingertips or having tingling in your fingertips, your feet, the, the neuropathy of like no blood circulation, things like that, which can also lead to more extensive diseases like heart disease, kidney disease, diabetic eye disease. Like there's a lot of things that going that long of a period of time with elevated blood sugars, it can start to cause damage elsewhere. And that's what we don't want. So thinking about knowing that information, right? Why would it be helpful for someone who is not diabetic to know this information about themselves? Well, remember, diabetes is a silent disease, right? So you don't know until it's pretty much too late. And so some of the steps that I usually recommend to friends, family, anyone willing to listen who are non-diabetics is you get a physical every year, right? Ask them to do blood work for diabetes and don't take no for an answer. Seriously, because I have heard about doctors not feeling like it's necessary. I had that happen to me. The year before I was diagnosed, I said, hey, I have a history of diabetes in my family. I know that my weight is a lot higher than it normally is when I thought that weight was everything. And I'm concerned that I am going to end up with diabetes. My eating isn't great either. So I just want to check. And instead of listening to me and saying, sure, I think it's, it's a great idea to check. He monologued about all the different reasons why we might think whatever we're thinking. And I, I couldn't get the test done. I had to keep saying something in order to get it done. So don't take no for an answer because 
especially with the rise of diabetes cases coming up and there's way more unknown than there are known, it doesn't hurt to get it checked. It's quick blood test, you know all the things, and that way you can get ahead of it if they are seeing an elevated A1C, right? So what are the warning signs of high or low blood sugar levels? And why does that also matter when you're a non-diabetic? Well, especially with low, a lot of people experience like these spikes and drops in their blood sugar levels all the time. We just put different names on it. I'm hangry, right? Anybody been hangry before? Nine times out of 10, it's because your blood sugar is dropping and it's your body's way of saying, yo, not going to be able to continue providing all of the energy you know needed for your body to function if you don't give me more gas. You're just like a car. Your car starts giving you warning signs when you're running low. And so you don't want to get to the point where your car stops. That equates to a coma <laughs> for us. But you need to get some, you get the light, my car dings at me, all these things, you see the meter going down, right? It's the same with you. You start feeling shaky, sometimes hot, sometimes a little dizzy. Honestly, symptoms like you're drunk, that's a big one because your body is trying to let you know, I need energy if I'm gonna keep up with how much your body is moving. Highs are a little bit different. I don't feel my highs as much as I do my lows. And that's honestly, to me, the scarier thing is not knowing when you're high without checking. But some things that I can attest to is just feeling really lethargic. Like I feel like I'm just moving through molasses all the time. Sometimes headaches, a little nausea. Nausea is rare for me, but it has been something that I've experienced. But usually headaches and agitation and really like feeling really tired and sluggish. Like I just wanna go take a nap. That whole itis that we talk about so much, pretty sure it's, it's you having really high blood sugar because we usually feel it when we've overeaten at some point. Thanksgiving comes to mind. And a lot of times when that overeating has happened, it's usually heavy in carbs because we don't have the even spread of a balanced meal of having, if we're going to have a lot of carbs, we also need protein, fat, and fiber along with it to slow down the breakdown of the glucose so it keeps an even amount of energy instead of, a crap ton of energy at once and it's too much and my body just craps out. So I like to think of hangry for lows, itis for highs. Is that to say that every time that you feel the itis, you are experiencing high blood sugar levels? Maybe, maybe not. It really just depends on if you take the opportunity to check. So well, how do you do that, right? Now I have what is called a constant glucose monitor. And that's a thing attached to my arm that lets me know what my blood sugar level's at at any given point in time. That is not really necessary for non-diabetics. In fact, I've seen the thing going around about non-diabetics asking their doctors for CGM prescriptions, for fitness reasons. And to me, that ain't it. CGMs are actually pretty hard to get and expensive for diabetics here in the US. So a lot of us have to be on a wait list. A lot of us have to be so far in a bad state of diabetes that they're willing to approve it. Especially for type twos, we kind of get steel walled left and right. So I really appreciate my Freestyle Libre 2 simply because all I need is a prescription from my doctor in order to be able to purchase it. Now, will insurance cover it? That's usually a different story. But, you know, I think the access is, is enough that I can take. And it's not 
terribly expensive compared to other major brands like Dexcom, stuff like that. That one's usually pretty expensive. But just know like CGMs, leave that to the people who truly need to monitor their blood glucose level because of a medical condition. I know it's not just diabetes that does that. So please know that I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about y'all ain't got no issues with your body like that. You don't need no CGM. Well then Taylor, how am I supposed to know if I'm experiencing lower high blood sugar levels? Well, you can purchase fairly cheaply, fairly cheaply, a glucose meter. And it looks, some of them do look like this. Like I actually have a slot here in my CGM that allows me to use the testing strips because sometimes it's a good backup for your reader. Now I use the one drop meter um, as my testing meter before I switch to my CGM. And I do keep it around me for those moments where I may need to compare. But any little glucose monitor, you can get them at Walgreens, you can get them at Walmart. So they're usually like 10, 15 bucks. The strips can be a little bit expensive. so. Welcome, but you don't need a lot, maybe 50, right? 25 maybe. All you need to do is just test in that moment. You don't need to test 50 times a day. If you wanna know, just, you gotta do the little lancet with the finger prick. Try to go for the side of your finger, not right in the middle, cause that's where all your nerves are. And that's where you feel the little ouchy if you're more sensitive. So try to go to the side, make sure you clean your finger well with alcohol or wash your hands and make sure your hands are completely dry and then test that way. And that's, I think a good way to check to see where you're at after having a really big meal or if you're feeling kind of those symptoms of lows. It's the fastest way also to get it because you don't have to go through your doctor. You can just buy it. Now, the risk of having such elevated blood sugar for such a long time, it's it, it can really change your life. And I'm a living example of that, right? So by knowing this information, you want to be between like 70, I don't know what the measurement is called. I just think of the MG slash DL, but your glucose levels usually normal ranges between like 70 and like 120. Now, after eating, you might see that spike up to like 140 to 160. If you're super carb heavy, maybe even 180, 180 is pushing it. So you want to stay in that 70 to 120 range. And the thing about diabetics is that a lot of us are having to work our way down from that, especially for myself. I've experienced lows because my body had been operating at such a high blood blood sugar level that getting down to even like 130 felt like I was having an episode. I was getting ready to, I need to drink some juice, whatever, because my blood sugar levels had just been so elevated so long, my body adapted to it. Keeping it in a healthy range it's, it's a variant of things that you can do. And at the end of the day, a lot of it is just lifestyle. Now, lifestyle that flows for you because a lot of people center it around eating. And yes, eating is a huge part of it. That's how you're getting your energy. But I don't personally preach or, or advocate for specific diets. I feel like People are able to eat intuitively to what their needs are and not have to feel like they need to restrict themselves to one particular diet in order to do. Now, that being said, if you're doing keto, if you're doing paleo, if you're doing vegetarian, vegan, pescatarian, 
whatever the Aryans are. I don't know. I feel like there's just a lot of them, but not not the whole Aryan race thing, to be clear. It is totally up to you what you want to do. I know a lot of people who are are vegan because they're trying to understand their body's health conditions. And I know people who have gone vegan because it's helped with their diabetes. And that's great. I know people who go vegan simply because they are advocates for sharing the earth with other animals and they don't believe in eating animal products and that they can survive without it. That's fine too. It's all fine. But I personally say final works best for you. Something that I'm thinking about doing is getting a food sensitivity test because I still have moments where I'm having some crazy blood sugar levels. I tested the other day and my morning was like 190 and all I did was take my pill and I can isolate, you know, certain meals and things that I have. But it's just like, why is this affecting me that hard? Or sometimes it's not even about my blood sugar levels. It's just like I feel kind of gross after I eat this thing or sometimes I just get really bloated and all of these things. So I've been thinking about a food sensitivity test. I think it, I I wish that it was offered to everybody because I think the more that we can understand how our bodies work, the better. So you can always get a glucose monitor, meter, sorry, meter, the prick your finger one, not the sensor one. And try to keep yourself in that range of that 70 to 120. Obviously, it will elevate a little bit once you've eaten. And then check your lifestyle, right? From your diet to how much water you have in your system. A lot of times, proper hydration, y'all, and I'm, I'm learning. I'm getting ready to order another bottle that's literally like a gallon and it's got the little time stamps on it. Although I do, I do have a steel bottle, but the problem is, is that refilling it is kind of a pain because I don't have a dedicated water thing. I've actually been thinking about instead of buying, I I do have bottled water, but getting the big jugs like you get at the office, I feel like that might actually save me. Well, I don't know if that'll save me money. Anyways, I do recycle my water bottles. I feel like if you're going to go the water bottle route, please make sure that you're recycling them. But it can be hard for me to like pick up several bottles a day versus like, I just need to drink this one jug once a day and I'm good. So I am, cause I, the, my current one, I have to fill it up twice. It's 64 ounces versus a 128, which is a gallon. So I'm really thinking about ordering this water bottle. So that way I can actually have the proper hydration because even when I measure how much water I should take, which I think it's what half of your body weight at minimum, a one and done is always a great thing for me. So proper hydration can solve a lot of things. It can solve issues with weight. It can solve skin. It can solve liver stuff. Now I'm not saying that's the end all be all, but you get what I'm getting at. So proper hydration also can help flush out excess blood sugar in your system and bring that down. One of the symptoms that you might experience is excess thirst. Your body's literally drying its mouth out to force you to drink so you can flush out as in pee all of that excess sugar out of your system. So make sure that you're properly hydrated. It really does help. The other thing is when you are eating, have a balanced meal. And what I mean by that is if you're going to have, if it's heavy carb day, like if I eat pizza, then I try to make sure that I have a salad or some kind of veggies to go with it. Something that has additional fiber in it, something that also has protein in it. So you want a healthy mixture of protein, fat, fiber, And I usually like to just include greens with everything just because I love following the Kelly Levesque method, which is like her Fab Four smoothie method, but it can also be applied to food. So shout out to Kelly Levesque. Seriously, check out her book. 
I think that it's helpful. Does it kind of lean toward the more low carb thing? Yes, but I think it's more so processed stuff because these companies are putting a lot of crap in our food. And it's unfortunate that we don't have the same standards across the world. I, I really respect Europe and how there are some substances that just aren't included. And granted, Europe is also filled with a lot of older countries. We are a country that is very young. And so their craftsmanship with food is still there. They held tightly to that. And we kind of, even though there was innovation, they held tightly to that. And we kind of process everything out. We want the convenience and there's nothing wrong with convenience, but we shouldn't compromise nutritional value to make something easier. My generation is considered the microwave baby generation, whatever. I don't see anything wrong with microwaves. I see an issue with the stuff we're putting in them. And yeah, I'll do microwaves sometimes. Uh, pull out nutritional value? Sure. But if I'm not using it every single day or using it to the extent to always heat up food that is equally crappy, I think I'll take the alternative of like, okay, I'm heating up some leftovers or whatever in order to enjoy a wholesome meal. So protein, fat, fiber, greens. Try to have that in your mix all the time. Obviously, don't overdo it on too many carbs or overdo the protein or overdo the fat. The fat is the one that's a big thing. And I know for my keto folks, that's that's the point. You're trying to train your body in order to uh, burn fat as fuel instead of sugar. But for those of us where that's not a sustainable eating style like myself, it actually makes my blood sugar go really high. It's it's not. I, I attempt to keto and for the insulin sensitivity that it's supposed to help produce because you're getting rid of fat and fat more. More body fat does equate to more insulin resistance. It was putting myself at too much risk to actually see the type of results that some people are seeing. Some people are seeing like radical changes, but it just wasn't sustainable for me. And that is okay. And I don't need anybody to show up and preach to me about how I'm doing it wrong or I should give it another go. It ain't working for me. And that's okay. I still use keto products. There are some keto products that I use and I just check to make sure that the fat isn't too high, things like that. Just own. That's really all that this is about. So make sure you have a well-spread meal. Make sure that you are getting proper hydration. And the last one, y'all, it annoys me to say this. I want y'all to understand that I don't like saying this. Okay? I don't. I don't but we got to get our asses moving. All right, we got to get our heart rate elevated just a little bit. And I'm saying this to myself more than I'm saying it to y'all because I'm struggling to be consistent in moving. It's not that I don't moving, it's the consistency part. I do enjoy my Oculus with the five to 10 minute workouts from Supernatural where you are doing a lot of movement. Trust me, I'm definitely sweating. The cardio is real with this game. Well, it's like a game, but sometimes it's difficult to have to put on this whole setup in order to move around. And so finding joyful movement, and I say joyful movement in a sense of find something that you enjoy physically doing all the time and figure out a way to work that in regularly. Three to four times a week, at least 30 minutes really does help. It does make a difference. Now, that being said, for a lot of diabetics, sometimes working out makes your numbers go up. It is insane, y'all. Like the things that make your blood sugar go up and down and all around. And I still believe that regular movement is important, but sometimes going for a really brisk walk or doing heavy cardio 
does the opposite for me. I haven't checked my blood sugars with weight training because I'm trying to figure out getting back into that flow of things. But, you know, it it happens. So if you are a non-diabetic, though, regular exercise will actually keep that in check. For us as diabetics, sometimes it's an up and down thing and it's not anything for us to feel bad about. It's just something we kind of have to compensate for until our bodies are able to get into a rhythm of being in normal range. And sometimes you just have those days. So I hope this was helpful because I really do feel like the more that people can understand the the nuts and bolts of diabetes, the more they can actually do to take preventative measures. Diabetes for a lot of people is absolutely preventable. There are special cases, okay? So don't like, I understand for my insulin dependent folks, it's a different story. Some people are born and it's a genetic mutation and it just, your body just doesn't do all of the things that it's supposed to do from what is considered a normal fashion. For those who are late onset type ones, they're still trying to understand how the the slow deterioration of being able to produce insulin is. Like it, it's all still relatively something that, people are trying to figure out. But if none of those things are concerned, this is your opportunity to kind of get ahead. I tried to get ahead, but I tried to get ahead the wrong way. So let me tell you, don't do what I did. And that's crazy fad diets and not be consistent. And sometimes just eat really crappy and blow off what everybody is telling you. Just think about it. Just give it a try. At the very least, get checked. You get a a physical every year. Just ask for a diabetes test. They'll know They'll know what you're saying. I'd like to test to see if I'm diabetic. If you want the technical term, hey, is it okay if I do get tested to see where my A1C is at? I just think it would be something good to know, to keep track of, so that way going into the following year, I can be more mindful of these things. And don't take no for an answer, y'all. A lot of people do not know that they are reaching pre-diabetes or diabetic state because they're waiting until something is going on wrong physically with themselves before they actually get checked. And by that point, it's usually too late. So please, 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 at the very least, just get checked. Knowing is better than not, okay? Because then if you, and you continue to do crazy stuff, like what's happening to your body and it's kind of hard to ignore right? Thank you guys for your time. I hope this was helpful for all my non-diabetics out there who are allies and who have been listening and supporting the show. I really do appreciate it. For all of my diabetics, I know the struggle is real sometimes, but hang in there. What's a process and we'll work through it. As always, every Tuesday and Thursday is where you can find me or me and a guest. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this week's guest. So stay tuned. But until then, I'll catch you guys next time.